I remember running home from school, turning on the TV to the Cubs game, sitting with my dad to watch his heroes. Welcome to the World Series Dreaming Chicago Cubs Dreamcast. Not affiliated with the actual Chicago Cubs, but just a bunch of guys who love the local nine and enjoy talking baseball and, of course, the defending World Series champion Cubs. A little bouncer slowly toward Bryant. He will glove it and throw to Rizzo. It's in time! And the Chicago Cubs win the World Series! Hi, this is Ken, also known as Rice Cube. My wife is staring at me because I'm doing this in the middle of the night. Oh, gee whiz! What is wrong with this man? But... There's only so much time I have in the day, and Ben is off doing his weird, newly married guy things. Marriage. So, I had to find a new guest, and you'll hear him on the next part of the podcast. So, that's as much of a plan as we got right now. I love this plan. I'm excited to be a part of it. Let's do it. It was more than just a game. Welcome back to the Dreamcast. With me today is special guest, uh, Mr. Jared Willis. He is of Sporting News now. Uh, also, you might see him every now and then writing a recap or a piece for Cubs Den, great Cubs blog, and also 2080 Baseball. So how are you doing today, Mr. Willis? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on tonight. Yeah, thanks for being on. Like, I don't know why most people on Twitter actually follow me, but uh, I'm glad you do, and we usually have a good time talking baseball, so I appreciate you filling in tonight. Happy to do it, for sure. Yeah, so uh, let's talk real quick about the elephant in the room. Uh, It's a big elephant, very big contract, Mr. Justin Verlander from Detroit. We are, at this time, approximately two hours or less from the uh, waiver trade deadline. And uh, we're just trying to figure out, hey, is uh, Justin Verlander actually going to be traded to a team, including the Cubs? Um, yeah, it's it's kind of – I'm a little surprised that not, no movement has happened yet. I kind of thought if it was going to – if he was going to get moved, we'd see it this afternoon. When you saw the or the Tigers active and that Justin Upton trade that, that surprised everybody, um, I was expecting shortly after that. I thought, I bet, I bet we'll see the Verlander move too. But it hasn't come, which kind of makes me think that, that maybe it just isn't going to happen. I don't, you know, maybe he doesn't go anywhere. Right. Basically, with the Justin Upton trade, I believe it was pretty much a straight up salary dump considering that he has an opt out after the year. But it sounded like Justin Upton didn't want to exercise the opt-out. He wants the full money, and he wanted to stay in Detroit, and Detroit didn't want to deal with it. So it sounds like it was a straight-up salary dump. Uh, I guess Justin Verlander, being a franchise icon, being that he's won multiple Cy Youngs and also uh, the MVP, it seems like they want a little more for him just for obvious reasons. So that's why he's not a straight-up salary dump yeah i think that would be a hard i mean that would be a hard thing for for detroit fans to stomach like this guy who's been you know one of the faces of their franchise for so many years to just be you know dumped in a a salary you know 
you know, to free up some salary. I, for as irrational maybe as it is, I, I feel like they're being sensitive to their fan base and working to make sure they get something in return for them. Right. Might not, not might not be like the objectively smartest thing to do if that's the way they're approaching it, but uh, I kind of get it if they're they're taking a lo- little bit more of a careful approach in, in how they unload Justin Verlander. Yeah, because it's just from a PR standpoint really, really tricky, and I do agree with you there. It offers you a an opportunity, I guess, to have what could be a seven-man rotation because John Lester is on the way back. Mike Montgomery has been pre- pitching pretty solidly as the sixth starter, now thrust into the fifth starter's role. And I think he's going to start on Sunday, even though John Lester is coming back on Saturday. So that's kind of cool. And if Verlander is in the mix and considering, you know, this is September and they're about to expand rosters, they don't even have to get rid of anybody. You just slot in as a seven starter and they could give guy a day off every now and then. It's kind of an interesting idea that really makes me salivate, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, it's, it, it, it's, I'm happy to see that Montgomery is not leaving the rotation right away. Because um, with Lester coming back Saturday and then them pushing Arietta's start to Monday, I'm, I'm glad to see that for a couple, couple of reasons. Because, you know, it's nice to see Montgomery being rewarded for the work that he's done as a starter, you know, by keeping him in the rotation. Mm-hmm. And it's also, I think it's a good thing because let's keep these arms as fresh as we can heading into the postseason and and keep your options open too because if you want to make Montgomery a postseason starter he's he's kind of in that mode because it's a lot easier in October to to move him to the bullpen rather than vice versa try to shift him back into the rotation if you had to for some reason now Verlander does like in the next two hours if he becomes if he becomes a cub then then that I I think that's where things get really interesting, and they've got all this flexibility they can play with it. Um, so yeah, it, it, I would be interested just to see how Joe Madden approached his rotation if Verlander became a part of the equation. Okay, so I I feel like at this point they traded like the best non Eloy Jimenez uh, Dylan Cease prospect and Jamer. Candelario to get Justin Wilson and Alex Avila, right? So right. what's left to trade except from the major league roster? I don't think that's going to happen because they are obviously not going to trade Javi or Hap. Uh, right. So who else can they try to do? Like, I'm, I'm looking at some low A arms uh, that are very intriguing, like, uh, and, and I just don't see them trying to offload those guys either. No, and that's that's the one thing that I, when when I get uh, you know when I start thinking about the possibility of Verlander, my major hangup is exactly that: who do you trade as a part of this? Because it's obvious the Cubs would have to take on a lot of the salary in order to bring him to the team. But you know, as far as a return for the Tigers, you're, there's just not a lot left unless you're going real low in the system. And my one. You know, my one frustration with the Cubs farm system in the last few years is they're not, they have not yet produced an arm. They have not really yet produced a major league pitcher, um, that, 
that we've gotten a good look at. There's a lot of potential, but it's just not there yet. So unless you're going to unload some of those guys that are the potential arms, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I don't know who it is. Because as far as, you know, high-level bats in the system, they're, they're just not there. Right. And I do agree with you there. Like, I'm sounding like Ron Coomer here. I agree, Pat, you know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I I feel like I really want to see these guys percolate up to the majors. I want to yeah. see, like, what, say, uh, I, I, I don't know. I don't have a list in front of me, but there are names that are on the tip of my tongue, and I, I just have teacher brain right now where I'm thinking oh, of, yeah. you know. Uh, but it, you, you know the names, so well, maybe you can spit them well, out and help help me out here. There's a couple of, you know, a couple of guys that come right away to mind. Um uh, Jen Hoseng, who's been pitching in AAA, uh, I would love to see what that guy can do uh, at the major league level. Uh, Dylan Maples is coming up as a part of roster expansion, and I think he's going to be a, a pretty major piece in the bullpen. You go lower in the system. I'm I'm anxious to see what what Thomas Hatch can turn out to be. He's he's still pitching in in high A right now, or. You know, if you want to go even lower, Jose Albertos, who's probably arguably, I think, the the top prospect in the whole system and definitely the the most potential as far as a pitcher is concerned. And so, like you said, I want to see what those guys can do rather than ship them off to somebody else. Right. And kind of the fear with Verlander is that he is on the wrong side of old. He's like 34 going on 35. He's got two very expensive years left. Because, you know, before he died, Mike Illich was just like, you know what, I like this guy, I wanted to win a World Series, I'm going to pay you a lot of money because I think you deserve it, and he does, right? But uh, right. the Cubs, I feel like they, they just want to tough it out and see if Detroit will blink first and just say, you know what, we don't want the salary, we want to rebuild right now. Yeah. And, uh, at this time, we have about an hour and a half left until something happens or not. And then they might have to re-explore this in, like, November after the World Series because that, that that's it. Like, Verlander can't yeah. help you in the World Series or playoffs or anything if it's after tonight. So then we have the same problem, right? Like, who do you trade? And... I feel like they probably do a reevaluation and maybe even consider doing like a major league player trade. And at that point, I, I'd be a little scared because I, I pretty much like everybody on this roster. Yeah, there's there's not anybody that you really can point to and say that's the guy that that we'd be comfortable with with trading because they've all become such important pieces of the equation and and the fact that like. You know, they can move around on defense and fill in in different spots. You know, having that depth is so important. And so you don't want to sacrifice the depth to get a pitcher who's 35 years old. Yeah. And let's speak about the current pitching. Like, let's just kind of pretend that Justin Verlander becomes a Cub just for money. And we'll we'll edit this uh, if it does happen or not. But uh, I was looking at tonight's start and... Kyle Hendricks went six and two thirds. He probably could have gotten the final out, but he was already at 99 pitches, which is extremely efficient. And he was, uh, 
he started out like 83, 84, and then he started ramping it up throughout the game. It's like he started finding velocity again, even though he ha- doesn't always have the best of velocity, even when he was in his Cy Young uh, finals year and, you know, when he was the first breaking out. But it was like super slow to start, and now it seems like he's gotten it ramped up. He's hitting 87, 88 again. And that, and when you want to talk about like, you know, what your your postseason is going to look like, and if you have Kyle Hendricks pitching like Kyle Hendricks, and Jake Arrieta pitching the way that he has since the All Star break, and John Lester coming back healthy, and Jose Quintana, if he can start to show us more like what he did in his 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 last start this week. That's that you you got to feel really good about that in a, any postseason series, right? And you know a lot of people have been just complaining about the bullpen, but I think most of the bullpen guys are perfectly fine. They just had yeah. like a miniature slump, but you know I I put any of them in any spot and just kind of trust that they can, can get like their one or two outs and even a full inning. Uh, I know that you know it's magnified by the fact that. Oh crap! Pedro Stroke just gave up a really big hit, and you know a lot of people talk about his hat and they talk about yeah. the fact that he's kind of inconsistent. But I feel like he's been one of the most consistent ones. Uh, Hector has obviously been hurt, and whatnot. Like just looking at the entire staff is all—it's like the major league quote, right? It's all coming together. And and the problem with the relievers, I feel like is we, we have really long memories when it comes to those innings where they just get blown up for whatever reason, where the, you know, they give up three runs and they look terrible. We remember that. Um, but somebody like Stroke can go nine or ten straight appearances and not give up a single run. And then as soon as he goes out there and, and gives up a couple of runs, we're all over his case. And right. so I, I agree with you. I, I feel very good about this bullpen. I don't have any concerns about them because I, I think beyond what's normal for a bullpen, meaning that every once in a while things are just not going to work, um, it's, this is a fantastic bullpen. And what I'm really excited about is, you know, Justin Wilson came over and he looked awful for a while, but in his last few appearances, he's looking up, he's throwing strikes. Yeah. And, and that's something, man, if he can do that in some high-leverage innings, that's huge. Right. And I feel like being being in low leverage, fixing himself, and then getting the confidence back, like he can get back to the yeah. guy that he was. And part of the issue was the walks because we're yeah. seeing a lot of these relievers like C.J. Edwards, uh, even Wade Davis, who's converted – however many saves to break the Ryan Dempster's record. I think it was 27. But, 27, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm thinking in terms of just the walks. Like, I don't care if they get a hit. I care if you put a guy on for free. And I think that's what frustrates fans the most about these guys. Yeah, I think, um, like you said, I mean, the walks are, are a concern because they're – you know, those are the things that get you in the most trouble in those high leverage innings. And, and even Wade Davis has had a few kind of shaky looking appearances, but he's converted all of them. Um, so yeah, if you, if you've got another arm that you can throw out there in a seventh or eighth inning in a close game, like Justin Wilson, that, 
the major league, that changes the whole, you know, the whole approach to the end of these games. Yeah, and I feel like the Cubs are playing the long game here, so I'm just looking at the things that have happened over the past few days. They had, like, two 17-run games in, like, a week. They have the five guys in their 20 hitting, or, or 25, they're, they're not that young, but the five guys in their 25 hitting 20 plus home runs. They have six guys overall hitting 20 plus home runs. So the power is spread throughout the lineup and they're consistently doing this. And now Bryant just became, Chris Bryant just became the first Cubs ever, uh, player ever to hit 25 home runs or more in his first three seasons. And that's, Amazing, considering the Cubs have been here for like a century and a half, right? So that's that might be a function of the juice ball, but I feel like that was a really cool stat and just goes to show how special of a player he is. And when you think about how young he is, how much better he can still get. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, Carl Edwards is getting squeezed by C.B. Buckner tonight. Uh, we're not really supposed to talk too much about the games, or else I guess MLB will find me and sue me. But anyway, it, it's just <laughs> I feel like he should have had another strikeout. Anyway, uh, it, it seems like after a really poor first half, like everybody's freaking out, I think uh, you and I – are among some of the minority of Cubs Twitter that didn't really freak out throughout the, yeah. the year. And it, it, I, I don't know, maybe it's because I'm a homer or maybe it's because of the World Series thing and I'm just like a little bit more relaxed, but yeah. Uh, and yeah, I think like, you know, you watch enough seasons of baseball, I think you you have to develop an appreciation for how much different a baseball season is than any other sport. Um, Because even, you know, the NBA, NHL, they play 82 games. Baseball season is twice as many games as those. So sometimes fans get caught up in treating, treating it like it's the NFL or college football where every single game carries all of this weight and is so important. I think it was John Lackey who said, you know, that sometimes fans treat it like it's 162 seasons, not 162 games. It's a slow developing process. And so how many times have we seen a, a postseason team that starts off slow and then has a, a hot summer and they cruise into the playoffs? Like, we've seen it happen with other teams, so there wasn't any reason to think that the Cubs couldn't do the same thing, which is what they're doing now. Right. And, you know, they've had their share of injuries. I've heard heard like uh even the players were saying that probably wilson Contreras will be back soon addison russell obviously yeah. has a plantar fasciitis thing and uh he obviously hey he was reportedly had a setback which kind of sucks because javi's been playing shortstop pretty much nonstop for like a month now and yeah. he needs a rest <laughs> well that's and that's one the one thing that i'm that concerns me a little bit right now is that is exactly that I would like for Javi to be able to get a day off here or there in this last month of the season. Um, now, I haven't seen, like, a, a list of, of who all uh, for sure they're calling up with roster expansions, but my hope is that there's a shortstop in that bunch so that for that reason, so that Javi can get some days off. Because Addison Russell, the way things have gone this season, it's really hard to predict 
when or if he's going to be back. Yeah. And I've seen, say, Chris Bryant at shortstop once or twice. Uh, you know, Anthony Rizzo probably jokes that he could do it. I, I don't think there's been <laughs> yeah. a left-handed shortstop in something like 40 years. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, and like Ben Zobrist could do it in a pinch. Like if you needed one day where Javi sits out, you could probably get away with Zobrist at shortstop. But you really don't want that as your long-term option. Um, so I'm, I'm really hoping that they've got a shortstop in their mix of roster expansion call-ups. Yeah. I believe the name I saw was – the last name is definitely Freeman. I think I want to say the first name is Mike. Okay. And, okay, so uh, that's good. You know, the other obvious choice who is not on the 40-man, I believe that Mike Freeman would have to be added to the 40-man, is Jamail Weeks, uh, Ricky's yeah. brother. Uh, right. He was hurt, and I guess he w- would have been like the DEFCON 1 shortstop if, you know, both Javi and Addison went down. But uh, I-, I guess they're not calling him up after all. Okay. So that's, I mean, that makes me feel a little bit better. I still want to see, I want Russell to be able to return in time to get at least a few weeks of games in before the postseason starts. So I'd really hate to ride into the postseason either without him at all or having only played a little bit before they get, you know, before the division series. Because, mm-hmm. you know, a guy like Freeman's not going to make the postseason roster. I'd be, I'd, I'd be very surprised if he did. And so that leaves you without any real depth at, at that one position. Right. Uh, I guess uh, Ben Zobris did give Javi an inning off the, uh, during the blowout, but uh, yeah. that, that really doesn't work, especially since the Brewers – decided that they weren't going to lose to the Nationals tonight. And, you know, the Cubs' best hope is to remain three and a half up as of this podcast. Like, they could end the weekend five and a half up, but considering that the magic number is still way above 20, uh, it's way too early to just play any old schlub at shortstop. So you need a legitimate guy um, with both the glove and the bats. And I don't think that's going to be found right now. No. And the Brewers are not, I don't expect them, you know, to, to just go away. I think this is going to be a tight race right up until the end. Yeah. And I, I think uh, St. Louis, even though they started selling off pieces, are also uh, also yeah. trying to win. They're still hanging around 500. Uh, the sweep against the Pirates, I think, was really surprising. I thought they'd win two out of three, but the sweep was actually really sweet. Yeah, I was surprised to see that too because I, you know, up until a week or two ago, I, I kind of still thought that the Pirates had enough in them, you know, to make this division race even more interesting, you know, make it a four team race. But that's, I, I, they're out of it now. I mean, they're 10 games back. So, yeah, I, I think it's going to boil down to the Cubs, Brewers, and the Cardinals are still talented enough, of course, to, to make things interesting. Yeah, I believe there are seven or eight games left against each team and then three to end the season against the Reds. So if they can right. if they can do their best here and basically even if they don't do their best, if they're maintaining like a two-and-a-half, three-and-a-half game lead up until the final, final, final series, they have the inside track. And so this is well within the Cubs' control here. Yeah, you got to feel good going into September. And they've got a lot of home games 
in in this last month. So having them spend so much time at Wrigley to close out the season is a good thing too. Okay. Before we talk too much about that, like let's say you're the boss or you're the manager, you're the front office. If you had a choice, who do you put as short and who's the backup shortstop, Javi or Eddie? So let's you know, let's say that Addison Russell is back tomorrow. You know, mm-hmm. he's not going to be, but in this hypothetical scenario, my first priority is keeping Javi in the lineup somewhere. So I would my vote would be you put Addison Russell at shortstop, you put Javi Baez at second base, and and you go with that. I know the the discussion has has been around you know making Addison Russell like a backup. You know maybe you ease him in for a few games, but ultimately that's the middle infield I want is Russell at short, Baez at second. All right, and you know they. There's discussion about, you know, Javi's arm. Javi obviously has 90-plus potential on his arm. His stat cast throws are like 85, 86. And so he has all the athleticism, but I just feel like uh, Addison Russell is a more solid fundamental shortstop despite the fact that he had the arm issues and everything. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think all things considered, defensively, Addison Russell is your better shortstop. Um, so, yeah, you roll with that. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's good to have shortstops everywhere. I mean, uh, I don't remember exactly when, what Chris Bryant played in high school. I guess they eventually just put out a third, but I feel like he's athletic enough to be a shortstop. Uh, Anthony Rizzo, if he wasn't left-handed, he'd probably be, you know, at the hot corner at shortstop. Uh, you know, so all around, you can consider the fact that you have shortstop all around the diamond, and that's really, really cool to me. Yeah, that's a good th- good thing to have. Yeah, because uh, if everybody's healthy and they play like they they should, or you you believe they should, they essentially are airtight in the infield. Yeah, and that's the way you want them to be. You, you've got you know everything in place. You've got all your guys. Um, that you can move around as you need to, to, to optimize each of those games. Did you hear about the uh, kerfluffle with uh, the Brewers complaining that the Cubs moved their game from Friday afternoon to Friday (laughs) evening? I, well, they're still complaining about that game that got called earlier in the season when they, they called it for, you know, weather and then it didn't end up raining. And so they're they're so I feel like the Brewers are so nervous about how this season's going to turn out because you know they were they were looking pretty good in the first half and they've they've fallen behind since the All Star break and never recovered and so you know they they would get worked up over something silly like this like what's what's the difference I, I think players prefer night games anyway so mm-hmm. I, yeah it's it's not surprising to me that they're they're complaining about it but when you think about it, it's kind of a silly thing to, to get worked up over. Yeah, so just personal story, that was the bobblehead game, the final out bobblehead. We got our bobbleheads finally, but, you know, they got bombed out of that game by the Brewers during the makeup game that we also went to. So, okay. it, you know, they still won. I don't know what you're complaining right. about after the fact, but uh, I, I think the major thing that they should really be worrying about is the fact that they have to spend another three days in that really cramped dugout. 
uh, and not just the dugout, but the clubhouse, the visitor's clubhouse won't be uh, redesigned until this off season. So that's something that I would complain yeah. about, not the fact that you shifted right. the game. It, it sounds kind of petty. Like everybody on tw- Cubs Twitter is basically saying they're petty. Everybody on Brewers Twitter is just saying, well, we scheduled it. Why don't you play the game? And then you talk about flex schedules and the fact that some games get flexed from the 305 slot to the 605 slot or from the afternoon slot to Sunday night baseball. And, you know, there's nothing you can do about that. That's just business, right? Yeah, and like I said, I would think if you talk to the the actual Brewers players, they've they've got to prefer that. You know, if they're coming in coming into town, and then it gives them more time to prepare, and and I think they prefer night games just in general. So um, I doubt that the players are complaining about it, um, but it's just all the you know it's all of us around it that are getting worked up over it. Yeah, that's just kind of, kind of silly. But, uh, yeah, uh, I'm trying to remember the Cubs' exact record now that tells you how extremely unprepared I am for this podcast. <laughs> well, but, well, uh, I, I think, think they have 71, right? 71 or 72? I, I think it's 72 and 60, and then if tonight continues the way that it has, they'll be 73 and 60. Okay, so let's do some napkin math. That's 133 games down, 29 to go. If they go even 14 and 15 the rest of the way, they have 87 wins. And I think that's pretty much, that's even better than what they did in 2007 when they won a week in El Central. And this year you can argue that the Central is weak and, you know, Having to go just 500 and then basically putting the pressure on the other teams to, you know, basically win out is really kind of cool. Like, they are, in fact, in the driver's seat. They are probably going to win tonight's game. And I I just feel so good about this team. Like, I'm always relaxed when I talk Cubs. And I don't really understand why people would freak out so much. But that's just me now. Yeah, well, and I think relaxed re- Cubs fans should be relaxed right now because you're right. They're in they're in the driver's seat. They're in command right now. Um, and let's save up our anxiety for for when it counts when they hit that division series, and their competition is going to be real tough. Um, we'll have plenty of time to be nervous in about a month. So let's oh save yeah. It for that. <laughs> yep. And, you know, obviously, uh, Ben, my podcast partner, my blog partner, basically, uh, he had to plop down for, uh, postseason oh, tickets already because he's a season ticket holder. And I'm sure yeah. it pretty much broke the bank for him. And, you know, they'll, they'll do it because it's the Cubs and, you know, people with disposable income will pay for it. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, maybe we'll have another. Another deep run. We'll see. Yeah, and another parade and all that. But uh, they, he also had to plop down some money for the hotel for next year's convention, and it sounded expensive. Like, I don't know exactly how much it was, but, you know, the but the Cubs are basically making printing money right now, and if they wanted to, they you just, like, claim Justin Verlander over the seat off season and see what happens. But I, I don't know that the Tigers will do that, so... Have you seen anything yeah. on Twitter yet? No, you shouldn't because you're driving. But uh, right. <laughs> I, I haven't seen anything. So we're yeah. about an hour and eight minutes from the deadline, and we, you know, it's 
it's something to look forward to if it does happen. If it doesn't, uh, I'm sure there are other other yeah. folks that they could get. Uh, this, I guess, was one of the weaker off-seasons, right? Like uh, you're talking about, well, you Darvish and Masahiro Tanaka, if he hops out, those are the big guns because they, they extended Steven Strasburg. But uh, I don't know of anybody else that I would want the Cubs to throw money at right now. Maybe yeah, Jake. Just, yeah, maybe yeah. Jake. Yeah, there's not a strong field there, um, which, yeah, I, I think makes you wonder – if their their attitude toward Arietta um, is going to change, I know I know he a year ago was asking for big big money, and whether or not he still will, I guess we'll have to wait and see. But um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they approach the pitching market this this winter. Yeah, and uh, basically. Uh, Jared, I'd le- really like to thank you for taking the time. I know you're on your drive, and I want you to get home safe so you can keep writing the awesome stuff that you do on Sporting News and whatnot. Uh, the last thing that I really want to ask you is I know that you write for multiple sites because you need uh, to sustain an income now that it's so hard to find a a permanent yeah. spot for writing. Like I know uh, Ken Rosenthal, for example, has joined the athletic, which is kind of awesome. And with the athletic, you have to do a subscription, but uh, nobody really subscribes to the swearing news or Cubs Den or 2080. They just kind of read it and you, you do yeah. it for free. So it's really hard for you to sustain a living. And I just really admire you for doing that. Well, thank you. I, that's, that's very nice of you. And, and I, I really, I do it because I, I love doing it. Um, and so I, I'm thankful that I get the opportunity to pursue this at the level that I am right now. It's been, it's been pretty amazing. Yeah. So, uh, once again, thank you so much for hanging out on our podcast. You can find Jared at, uh, J Willis, I believe. Can you spell that for us? Sure. Um, J W Y L L Y S. Okay. And it's a very interesting name to spell Willis. Is it, uh, different from, uh, obviously, you derive from the Willis's, but it's all wise. So, right. yeah, it's, you're not a Bruce Willis. You're a Jared Willis, obviously. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's my family. They they come from Wales, and so that's why it's got that the Y's instead of the I's. It's pronounced the same way, but yeah, that Welsh heritage is is yeah. up the spelling. <laughs> you, you don't have one of those like eighty syllable middle names, do you? Like uh, no. I see sometimes in Welsh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, yeah, I'm yeah. not that Welsh. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll let you go because it's late, and uh, we'll check the Twitters. And thank you so much for hanging out, and I'm sure we'll speak again. Sounds good. Thanks. Yeah, you have a good night, man. You too. The beauty and the history in this cathedral. The sky so blue against the grass so green. Like time stood still forever. Okay, after this part of the podcast, we have to tell you that unfortunately Justin Verlander was traded to the Astros, and that's one of the things that happens when you do your podcast like an hour before the waiver trade deadline, and then things happen. But uh, everything's okay. The Cubs are now 14 games above 500. They are three and a half games above the Brewers, who just kind of refuse to lose. And despite all that, I think we're just going to be okay. So we want to thank 
Rich Deanna for her theme song. We want to tell you to go to our Twitter at WSStreaming underscore Cubs. You can follow us on Facebook and at our site on WorldSeriesDreaming.com. Rate, share our podcast, email us at WorldSeriesDreaming at gmail.com. And until next time, go Cubs. It was more than just a game.